good morning. It's lovely to see you. It's good to see you. Um, interesting what's going on, isn't it? I think it's interesting what's going on. Do you? Yes. Is good things happening in your life? Good things happening in your friendships, and your relationships? And I wonder what you think about this whole issue of connection. Connection. I think it's really, really, really important. Um, do me a favor a minute. Will you have a look around this room and look at the faces? Have a look around the room and look at the faces. And Denise goes like that. But have a look around and look at the faces. Just see who's here. See who's here. Love and hugs, you know, are very, very, very important. Connection is so important. And the, some of the words that Bill used of, of what he's picked up and he's heard from Brenny Brown is amazing because uh, I think it's where we're at as a community of believers needing to understand the strength of connection, the longing for connection, the need for connection. And uh, Bill said to me this morning, he was talking to me about it, and he said he made the statement of the it's a neurobiological function. I said, well, yes, of course it is, isn't it? Because God made and created us. Made us in the image of God. So it's very, very important, isn't it? Because he did what he did for connection. Because he wants the connection with us, and he wants us to be so very connected to him. And some of us know that, some of us have, have experienced that, and others have yet to experience it. But um, for me, I don't know how you feel, but connection's very important for me. And I know that over the years, the connections in my life have been sought to be busted, broken down. And, um, um, and um, the last several years probably since about 2010, I've really been on that journey of uh, understanding that what's happened in my journey as a child and growing up has really uh, caused a lack of connection to the point when I've needed Bill to talk to me and explain to me how because of the things that have happened in my life, I've tended to keep people here. And I don't think I do. But Bill says, it's, we talk about it, and I leave it there, all right? So we're, we're made and created to be connected, absolutely. But we're made and created, yes, to be connected, but for purpose. For purpose to bring the glory of God to a nation. And we live in Wales, and if you pull it right back, then we're called to bring glory to this town, Llanethly, it's where he's planted us, he's rooted us. He, w- many of us, our roots are here until we die, deep down deep. That's what Bill and I say. Our roots are down deep in this place, in this land, because we believe in it. And we believe that God wants to be glorified in this town and in this community, in this county and in this nation that goes beyond the nations to the world. And you only know and understand this if you have a relationship with God. And so one of my favorite verses is Romans um, 1.12 or 12.1. I think. 12.1 or 1.12. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Pardon? 1.12. Here's my little dictionaries here. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the gospel of salvation for all who believe. There is more to it. Read it. It's okay. You can read it. But today I want to talk about connection and I want to talk about um, the body. Not my body. 
the body. <laughs> the body of Christ, us. That's who we are, the body of Christ. To function, we're called to function for him and for his glory. But we only do that if we're truly connected. And so um, I asked you to have a look around the room. So will you have a little look again at who's in this room? How many of you believe in the power of the Holy Spirit? How many people believe that you need to have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to his church? How many people believe and pray prayers that you want to see like Jesus sees? How many of you pray prayers that you want to hear as he hears? How many of you pray prayers that you want to speak like he speaks? Bringing kindness and love and care. Hmm, interesting. Should we test it out? All those hands that go flying in the air. Hey, remember what we've been working on over the last few weeks about being in two places at once. Yeah? I'm present with you, but I'm also present with the Spirit of God. He's in me. He dwells in me. Wherever I go, the Spirit of God goes because he dwells in me. I've given over my life, my heart to him. God is my Father. Jesus Christ is my Savior. And the Holy Spirit is the power of God that dwells in me and helps me function in the way that I need to function for Jesus. So, have you got ears to hear? Let's test it, shall we? Father, I thank you that we can be in this place together this morning. And I thank you that we're one, united by you. And I thank you for the power of your spirit. And Father, while it seems a little strange and funny for someone to say, have a look around the room and look at everybody. But God, it's for purpose. And I pray now that we might hear what it is you might want us to do right now. And I pray that people would just know right now who they need to go to and give a hug or a word of encouragement. And maybe, Lord, it might be someone that we don't spend time with or we don't speak to, but you very clearly lay something on our hearts. And so, God, I pray for those that are hearing what it is you're saying. I pray, God, that they'll now put into action obedience and go and do what you've told them to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can I just ask one more thing, just to make sure every face is covered? Did anybody feel they needed a hug and they didn't get one? Be honest. Be honest. Did anybody need a hug and didn't get one? Hmm, okay, good one. Nice one. Are you telling the truth, you lot? Are you telling the truth? I hope so. Father, I thank you for your presence. I thank you, Jesus, that you're at work all the time. All the time you're at work. And I pray to God that this morning we will just uh, work together here and really enjoy you in our midst. In Jesus' name.
bless you, Jesus. Isn't God good? Yeah? What happened for you this morning? Did you receive a hug? Anybody? Yeah? How did it make you feel, Alicia? Really good. Really good. Who else received a hug? What did it feel like, Pam? Amazing. Amazing. Do you want a few more? Right. She wants a few more. Come on. She wants a few more. Connection is good, connection is necessary, and connection is needed. This connection, the most important one. This connection, very, very important, because we're his hands and his feet, and his eyes and his ears and his mouth. We're the ones that bring it to the world. And don't forget it. And I think if we can really grasp this situation that we find ourselves in as church right now, coming out of COVID, and experiencing all that we have experienced through that horrible time. And now we need to reunite and get back on track for the things of God and the glory of God. And we need to see others come to know him, know what we know. On um, uh, Wednesdays, every Wednesday morning, no matter who's here or not, we've begun to meet as a group of staff. Um, Now Martin does the early morning prayer meeting, but we do it. The staff that are in the building or at the gallery that love God... Um, I am supposedly send some prayer points to the gallery if some are not here, but I forgot this week, but God is good and they had a, I'm sure had a good time. Did you pray on Wednesday? You little scallywag. You little horror. Right, anyway, we're only joking, but anyway. But just because you don't get prayer points, that's a really good illustration. Just because you don't get prayer points doesn't mean you don't come together and pray and lift up the name of Jesus, is that right? Yeah, okay? Because he's in us, he dwells in us, and all we have to do is have ears to hear. Well, I was, as I was driving in on Wednesday, Bill, Bill and I hadn't really chatted about the prayer meeting, and, um, and uh, as I was driving in, because we came separately in, in individual cars, because we had things to do in different places, um, I felt God reminded me of two incidences, two illustrations. Uh, one was the story of the greengrocer. And when I was a little girl, my mum, being the eldest, my mum would ask me, she would give me me her shopping bag, give me her list of vegetables and fruit, and give me the money. So money, bag, shopping list, and off I'd go down the street around the corner to the greengrocer. And I would stand in the queue, because it was always really busy, and I'd um, wait until I got served. And then the greengrocer would say, yes, please, what would you like, you know? And I'd say, well, can I have a pound of potatoes and a pound of carrots and a swede? And can I have two onions? Mum said she wants two onions today. And, um, and can I, you know, and I'd go through the list and I can remember carrying the vegetables home to mum. And it was the day in the week when mum did her stew and did her vegetable stew. And um, she would put everything together, you know, and uh, cook this lovely stew And to thicken it, she would add in the red lentils. Oh, and they were yum. Oh, they were so yummy. And and then after that, if she had the time, she would get flour and water 
and she'd mix it and she'd make dumplings with maybe a little bit of suet in them as well. And she'd make these little round dumplings and she'd stick them on the top of the stew and then it would just simmer away and thicken and then that was our tea for the evening. And I thought to myself, God, why, why did you remind me of that? Why did you remind me of that? I've never thought about that. I don't think ever of this little journey that I had as a little girl going to the greengrocer's shop. And I felt that God showed, said to me, it's, it's, it's the church. It's like, it was like us round the table that Wednesday morning. It's like us today. Okay, lots of different flavors, lots of different vegetables. But we make one pot of really good, tasty stew that fills us up, that strengthens us, that sustains us. And uh, one, several of the people, I opened it up and, and we talked around the table and um, we chatted about it. And Carol said something. Do you remember? What did you say? Yeah, but you've got to wake up right now. Do you remember what you said? Well, I think I said a few things. I said about you going to get the vegetables fresh every day so they were fresh when they went into the stew. Um, I also said that stew is more filling than soup, so it sustains us for longer. Mm. What else did it say? About it being fresh and us needing to be fresh in the Holy Spirit in order to have that mix and to make a delicious stew because if you, one of those ingredients in the stew wasn't fresh it would spoil the whole stew pardon do you want to say anything Bill um, I like the fact in, the, in your picture when we talked on Wednesday that um, all of the vegetables softened and they had all been peeled so any dirt on them had been removed. But the picture of them softening, even, but they were still, I think it might have been Andrew that mentioned, that they still had their identity, but they, their edges were blurred, so the flavors mixed more readily. It was just a really interesting picture, and the, the conversation flowed, and it was really helpful to understand how we all have a part to play. We all bring our own personal flavor, and if we're missing, the pot is kind of, not quite as good as it could have been. That's right, yeah. And, yeah. yeah, and I'm not the dumpling. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good picture for my point today, and we're going to read the Bible in a minute, 1 Corinthians 12. But, you know, one body, many parts. On that note, I'll just... Oh, Bill, can you open that up for me? So hold on to the stew... But do any of you remember Salty? Salty songbooks. Do you remember? The body song. I, I put it on, but it was so cheesy. I thought, I can't put my grandchildren and my daughter through it, honestly. Because I'd have been jigging away, and they'd have been going, cringe, cringe, cringe. So I found the lyrics of the body song, and it says this. I am the eye. I am the eye, and I go blink, blink. Yes, I am the eye, and I can wink. I am the eye, but I can't think. That belongs to my friend, the brain. We are the body of Christ, together bringing his love. To the world, we work together. We do it with cooperation. We work together. We do it with cooperation. I am the eye. I go blink, blink. Yes, I am the eye, and I can wink. 
I am the eye, but I can't think. That belongs to my friend, the brain. I fritter, fratter, fratter, frit. I'm the brain with electric current, patter, pit. I'm the brain and I fritter, learning bit by bit. Yes, I fritter, fratter, fritter all the time. I go lub, dub, lub, dub, I go. I am the heart. I pump like so. I'm bringing life to all the parts. I am consistent. I am the heart. I'm swinging, I'm swinging, swinging on life's merry way. I'm the arm, I'm the arm. I'm bringing grace to all. Hearing, small ears hearing, we don't miss much. Hearing all the time and it goes on. But you are very, very important. You're very important. Every one of us in this room is really an important part of this body of people, this community of people, the community of people that we call Myrtle House. And you're important, very, very important. And I think in all that we're learning about the connection being valid and important, I listened to what Bill said. And uh, some of the points that Brenny Brown make are uh, evolution demands connection. Those in isolation become extinct. And I think when we're isolated... If we're on our own and lonely, the more isolated we are, the more we become more isolated, you know? It's not a very nice place to be. Really, it isn't. Connection determines growth because, you see, every one of us has a part to play in this body of Christ because you're not good at everything and you're not called to be everything, You know, the one thing that we're all called to be is love. But I'll read the Bible in a minute and you can see what I'm talking about. But connection determines growth, purpose and meaning. That's amazing, isn't it? That that, uh, connection determines our growth. We need each other, don't we, to learn from, to relate to, to encourage, to direct and correct. Connected people are happier. I think that's very true. Do you know, in Kate's new role... She's not been around the building very much because she's had a lot of training to do. So she's done it from her kitchen table. But do you know what? It's caused in me a longing to see her because I've missed her. Because we used to see each other every day. And I haven't seen her every day. And I've longed to see her. I miss her. That connection is so important. What about your connections today? How are they? How do they work out? Are they good enough? Should you be looking at the reason why you can't connect as well as maybe you know you should connect or you think you should connect? Maybe you need to think about it. Teenagers with their parents, parents with teenagers, sisters and brothers relating to one another. What's your connections like? Husband and wives, what's your connections like? Listen, the enemy is the enemy of your soul and he will destroy And his aim is to destroy. Thank God, God is God and his plan is perfect. And he knows he's got the victory. He's victorious because of the cross. Because of Jesus Christ going to the cross. Dying for you and for me to save us from sin. Yeah? We have an opportunity, an open door to the Father. And it's through the cross. It's through the cross. It's the cross that connects us with our God. But we have to come to that place where we are giving our whole life to him. Yeah? And that's what we need to do. That connection is important. But when you connect this way, you find that God fills you with this love that you don't have when you don't know Christ. 
You might have a certain amount of love because you've got a pretty good household, pretty good family, pretty good relationships. But it's not the love of God that you get filled with when you know Jesus. It transforms, it transcends, it changes every circumstance. The love of God is powerful. And if you understand the love of God and the power of the Spirit and the Holy Spirit, and you will walk with the Spirit, not your sinful, selfish ways, but if you walk by the leading and follow the Spirit, follow Jesus, and want to become more like him, you will change atmospheres. You'll change atmospheres. What are you like? How many of you sense atmosphere? And I bet you can sense if they're good and you don't like them if they're bad. I do not cope with atmosphere that's bad. can't cope with it. I have to be saying, are you okay? No. I had someone the other day that I said, I, I, sent, I walked into a place and I sensed this atmosphere. And I said, are you okay? Yeah. I said, you're not. They said, oh, yeah, I am. I said, you're not. I said, what's the matter? Oh, I'm fine. I said, you're lying. I said, you're lying. I said, okay, we'll leave it for a minute. So I went and walked around the building for a bit. thought, I can't leave this alone. So I went back, found the person and said, come here a minute. Can we have a chat? And with that, out it came. Everything that was wrong. For me, I want to work at a healthy atmosphere. That means I be what I'm meant to be, significant in Jesus, bringing salt and light, different, a different flavor to a situation. You know, mum with that stew, she would have added a little bit of salt and a little bit of pepper, and it would have added to the flavor, and the flavor would have been even better. And that's what you and I are called to be, salt, to bring a saltiness to different circumstances different circumstances but every one of us in this room has a choice to make when we know Jesus and that choice is really clear in Romans 8 we find it find it just a sec I love it. And I've got a story to tell you as well. It says, Romans, Romans 8, 12 is, So dear Christian friends, you have no obligation whatsoever to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. That's wonderful. When you become a Christian, you do not have to choose to do the wrong thing. You have the power and the strength in Jesus Christ to make right choices. But every day you've got a choice to make. And are you the people the individuals that are going to make the right one or the wrong one. You're going to do what is right or you're going to follow and do exactly what you want to do. You have no obligation to sin. Let me tell you a story about some licorice all sorts. And I shared this on Wednesday too because this was the other illustration that God gave me. I used to go in to do many school assemblies and when i go, I used to do lots of different things, lots of different stories. And one of the stories that I used to tell was about my bag of licorice all sorts. I love licorice all sorts. Who makes them? Bassets, that's it, and the little Bassett man. Yeah, I love Bassett's licorice all sorts and have done since I was little. And I think it's because my dad was a sweetie-holic. 
all right? When I was growing up, when I was really little, Dad would always have his stash of sweets. He'd have a quarter pound of coconut mushrooms and a quarter pound of chocolate-covered toffees. No one was allowed to have them. No one was allowed to share them. They were his. And one of the quarter pounds would have been licorice all sorts. He loved licorice all sorts. But I think because I couldn't have them, I got this real urge to eat licorice all sorts and coconut-covered mushrooms. And I didn't like the toffees because they all pulled my teeth out, so I wasn't fussed about them. But And, and even now I can't eat a toffee because it will do damage to my mouth. But the, every licorice all sort, if you have a look, the next time you have some licorice all sorts, every licorice all sort has some licorice running through it. Every one of them has licorice running through it. Boy, do I love licorice. But I used to, and I do love, I'd love licorice. I could eat, leave everything else and eat the licorice. I love it. But with regard to life, the illustration was that every lovely looking, yummy, sweet licorice all sort had licorice running through it. And I used to use that to say that every one of us does things wrong. Sin. It's about sin. There's sin in all of us. When you come to Christ, you're no longer a sinner, but you're a saint. But you have a choice to make, and that is to follow Jesus and do the right thing. And as Romans um, 8, 12 said, you have no obligation whatsoever to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you keep on following it, you'll perish. But if through the power of the Holy Spirit you turn from it and its evil deeds, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. That's what we need right now, isn't it? Hey, to be led by the Spirit. Our community needs connection. And it needs us to connect with them. And it needs us to get out of our little boxes, to get off our blessed assurance, and determine that you're called to be a connection. You are called. Every one of you are called. Not me, not Bill, not Martin, not Kate, not any of the leaders. You are called. We're called as individuals to make connection. And I said it a couple of weeks ago and probably made some feel very uncomfortable. But here we go. I'll do it again. Um, Not because I want you to be uncomfortable, but when did you last lead someone to Christ? Now, journeys to Jesus and following Jesus are journeys, and they take a while. And they don't happen right now. Sometimes they do, but most often they don't. People need connection. And through that friendship and connection, people wonder why you're different. Why do you do what you do? And why, why? What is it about you? Why do you do this? And you then can talk about why you do it. Because of the God that has made a difference in you. And you let them go on a little journey to start asking some questions. And before you know it, they're saying to you, I want to know what you know. How do I get to know this Jesus that you know? And you might have the opportunity to lead them to Christ by just praying with them and explaining what they need to do. And all it is is to understand that God is God. The cross is very real. God had a plan and the purpose, and it was to save the world through the cross Jesus would go there and save you and I from sin. And when we would believe in him, we wouldn't perish, we'd have everlasting life. Yeah? For God so loved the world that whoever... Yeah, you know it. Okay? So, 
Every one of us is called for purpose. Every one of us, even Phoebe, even Flav, even Ellie, all called for purpose. And some of you might be in this room thinking, I cannot wait to get out. But have you thought this morning that maybe Jesus has got a purpose for you to be here, to hear something that's very relevant for you, to encourage you to connect with the people around you wherever you go? I was coming in this morning. I don't know whether I was in this morning. Yeah, it was when we were driving in and I was talking about my bag. My bag that I've had and we bought it several years ago now in Bridge End. It's a leather bag and it's got a bright orange scent in it filling, you know, uh, inside. And I was thinking about my bag because it's lasted me so long and I think it's going to go on for years and years and years. And you know what God reminded me of? My satchel when I was a little girl. And I loved my school satchel. It was a really traditional leather satchel. And I remember my mum taking me out when she bought my school uniform for high school. And she bought me this satchel. And um, I've actually got a briefcase that I don't use very often. It's so like this satchel. But my satchel actually would go over my shoulders, you know. And I'd run, run for the bus. And I would, it would be packed so much that it was on its last hole holding all my books in. Because I went to high school on a hill. I was very, I didn't go to secondary modern, I passed my 11 plus and I went to a school that was a girls school and gosh boy did I have homework, oh my goodness I had homework, didn't make any difference, I only came out with two O levels and two CSEs, I failed seven of them, failed all the O levels in English, English language, English lit, oral English, maths, failed them all, but anyway I am who I am today because God had a purpose. And I don't know if I really needed them anyway. Anyway, that's an aside. Why did God speak to me about my satchel? Because in my satchel, I had everything that I needed. Everything. Every book, every bit of, uh, every homework book was always in my satchel. And I felt God reminded me of this one, which is really precious to me, is my Bible. So my satchel would carry all the books that I needed. And today I would say to you and encourage you, this is the book that you need. Okay, doesn't rely on this, but this is where we get to know about the Father that you hear people like me talk about. The Bible is an important book that tells us about the life of our God and Jesus and how he walked the earth and what he did. And it's reading and looking and knowing about Jesus that's really informed my life and taught me how to live. Yes, God's used other people. But the person he's used most of all to teach me and take me on a journey is the Holy Spirit. And we have a choice to make today and every day is whether we are going to walk a life full of the Holy Spirit or whether we are going to make choices that offend God. And I read to you Romans 8, 12. So dear Christian friends, you have no obligation whatsoever to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you keep on following, you will perish. But if, you, if through the power of the Holy Spirit you turn from it and its evil deeds, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. I'm, just going, to, I'm going to read Romans 12 to you, which is about the one body, many parts. And then I'm going to go back to the scripture in Romans, and then we're going to finish. Corinthians. Corinthians. Do you know what? I could have done that in that funeral, couldn't I? I could have shouted, not Saul, Solomon. Bill said he was reading from Ecclesiastes and saw this bloke who wrote it. And I thought, Saul? 
Saul was that king who was really naughty and was thrown off the throne. <laughs> oh, amazing. Listen, it's good to laugh, but what is really important is that we have ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us today, okay? Us, but you as individuals, because I'm responsible for me, okay? So I want to read Romans 12, sorry, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12, okay? The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up, make up only one body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But, pardon me, but we all... But we all have been baptized into Christ's body by one spirit, and we have all received the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less part of a body. And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm only an ear and not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? Suppose the whole body were an eye, then how would you hear? Or if your whole body were just one big ear, how could you smell anything? But God made our bodies with many parts, and he has put each part just where he wants it. What a strange thing a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some of the parts that seem weakest and least important are really the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect from the eyes of, the, of others those parts that should not be seen, while other parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together in such a way that, a, that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other equally. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. Now all of you together are Christ's body. And each one of you is a separate and necessary part of it. Here is a list of some of the members that God has placed in the body of Christ. First are apostles. Second are prophets. Third are teachers. Then those who do miracles. Those who have the gift of healing those who can help others, those who can get others to work together, those who speak in unknown languages. Is everyone an apostle? Of course not. Is everyone a prophet? No. All are teachers. Are all teachers? Does everyone have the power to do miracles? Does everyone have the gift of healing? Of course not. Does God give all of us the ability to speak in an unknown language? Can everyone interpret unknown languages? No. And in any event, you should desire the most helpful gifts. Years and years ago, when I was a new Christian, there were certain things I began to learn about that I felt I wanted to ask God for. One of them was the gift of discerning of spirits. One was I wanted the gift of healing to be able to do what Jesus did, and that was lay hands on the sick and be healed. But the Bible says to earnestly seek them, yeah? And I would say to you this morning, yes, every one of us has the gift of love, which is the most powerful of all gifts, is to love. That's the most precious, the most important. But then other things do other roles 
within the body of Christ. And so it is good to earnestly seek gifts and ask God for special gifts that you might feel you'd like to have that add in to your little melting pot that enables you to be even more connected to others. You know, I thank God for the gift of discernment because you sense when something's not quite right and evil spirits, you suss and you know where they are. Very interesting. But just coming back to being the body in one body, you all in this room have a gift and a part to play in this body primarily. Bill and I always say and have said over the years when people want to minister and do things for Jesus and lead groups and lead children's groups and youth groups, we've always said, yes, that's fine. But what's your home life like? What is it like there? Because you can't go beyond your four walls until your home is right. And so I would say that we're on a mission here. And out of last week when Kate shared and opened something up that was really precious and Linda shared and others shared and Bill did what he did last weekend. Um, It was clear that I think God is speaking to us as a community of people, community of believers, to connect more with one another because I know categorically that if we connect more, we'll be happier What was it Bill said? I've lost my notes. Healthier, there'll be purpose and meaning and better able to cope with stress. And if we connect more, what's that going to do out there? Because this is our home. Just like when we talk to people who want to lead others, we say, okay, how do you get on with your wife? How do you get on with your husband? How do you treat your children? What's your children like? How do they get on? You all right? It's not perfect. No home is perfect. But we need to be doing the right thing in our home to go beyond the walls of the home into community to set an example. There has to be an example that we we live by in our homes, that we do the best that we can in our homes, that we sort it out so that we can go out there and make a real difference. And that's what we need to do as a church. We need to make sure that our connections are right, proper, strong, healthy, If we have a problem with somebody else, we need to go to each other and apologize and say, I'm sorry, I messed up. I should have done this and I didn't do that. I'm really sorry because we work at a harmony in this group of people because you and I are the body of Christ. We are one body. He's the head. And all of us are different parts of that body. And all of us have different ways of doing things. Some are vocal, some are shy. Some are confident, some are not as confident. But my hope would be that if I have a little bit more confidence in an area than somebody else, I can come alongside that person and encourage them to be even more confident. I watch Kate forming teams around her with Carol and with people from our community. And it's really precious to see because one of the gifts was those who can get others to work together. It's a really precious gift to be able to get people to work together. It's a precious, precious gift. Don't forget the gifts of God that he's planted in you. And he planted them in you a long time ago. He planted them in you when you were, he knew you before you were born, before you were one day old in your mother's wombs. He knew you. Not one of you are a mistake. 
Not one of you are mistakes. Yes, you've had life's journey that has dealt some real bad blows and not very nice situations. But when you're in Christ, he's with you in it. He doesn't sort it out. It all doesn't go away. But he's with you in it and he'll walk with you through the tough times. And I look around this room and know that there are several in this room that have had such pain and such turmoil in their lives. And I think it's a wonder sometimes that we stand up on two feet sometimes because of the trauma that we faced. But God is good, God is victorious, and God has a purpose. And he has a purpose for you and for me. And it doesn't matter whether you're a baby in arms or a teenager or an older person that's supposedly retired, God has something for you to do. There's a gift of God in you. Number one, primarily, is love. And he loves you with a passion this morning. He loves you, he loves you, he loves you. He loves you, Scott. He loves you, he loves you, he loves you. He loves you too. You're on a journey, aren't you? You are. Keeps chewing his chewing gum. (laughs) We're all on a journey. We're all on a journey. Can I talk to you and read to you Something from Romans, and then we're gonna, I'm going to finish and tie it right up, okay? But we just need to go back to Romans 8. Life in the Spirit, okay, Romans 8. I'm going to read it because it makes a point. But can I say that you listen to the Spirit? God uses me to read the words, but will you listen to the Spirit and listen to what God is maybe saying to you? I'll do that for me as well, okay? Life in the Spirit. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. For the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you through Christ Jesus from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses could not save us because of our sinful nature. But God put into effect a different plan to save us. He sent his own son in a human body like ours, except that ours are sinful. God destroyed sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the requirements of the law would be fully accomplished for us, who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the spirit. If your sinful nature controls your mind, there is death. But if the Holy Spirit controls your mind, there is life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the spirit of Christ living in them are not Christians at all. Since Christ lives within you, even though your body will die because of sin, your spirit is alive because you have been made right with God. The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as he raised Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal body by this same spirit living within you. So, dear Christian friends, you have no obligation whatsoever to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you keep on following it, you will perish. But if through the power of the Holy Spirit you turn from it and its evil deeds, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you should not be like cowering fearful slaves 
You should behave instead like God's very own children adopted into his family, calling him Father, dear Father. For his Holy Spirit speaks to us deep in our hearts and tells us that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we we will share his treasures for everything God gives to us. Sorry, let me read that again. For his Holy Spirit speaks to us deep in our hearts and tells us what that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we will share his treasures for everything God gives to his son. Christ is ours too. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. Life is not a bed of roses or a box of chocolates. Life is a journey. Life is really, really tough and hard at times. But... Thanks to God, his plan is and his purpose is for you and I to know Jesus, his son. And when you know Jesus, his son, you are not obligated ever to live by your sinful nature. The power of God is in you. The power of God, the Holy Spirit, is in you. And you can make right choices. And you can choose every moment of every day to do the right thing. You can, I can. My encouragement to you is to live by the Spirit. Be connected. Work at being connected. Work at loving. Think back to Bill's story of those huge rugby players that made me feel like a real little squirt, even though I had heels on. They were huge. You know, they're big guys. But they were told to go and hug, and they went and hugged, and they loved well. Can you do that today? Can you be someone that will go and do as we are told? Love others. Love, love, love. Love others as Jesus loved you. God calls us to love him and love others. That's the primary calling upon your and my life, is to love others and love them well. But the life that we have been dealt for some has been tough, right? It's been tough, and we've been hurt. So the natural in us tends not to want to connect because we protect ourselves. But God is victorious. Jesus is victorious. He died on that cross. Satan thought he'd won, but he didn't, did he? Because Jesus is alive, because he was resurrected. He brought back to life for purpose, to show you and I that God is truly who he says he is. He's the giver of life. He's the taker of life. And while you and I have life, let's live it to the full. Let's talk to our neighbors who we don't normally talk to. And if you don't feel you can do it, pray for the confidence to do it and go do it. Because he says, go love your neighbor. Go church and love your neighbor. Get your house right. Get this right. This house Right first, then, that's going to fall on the floor. Then, this house right, then, this house right. Gone out there. Go do it. Get sorted, church, and let's be the connection on earth that God wants us to be. Father, I thank you for all that you're doing. I thank you, Jesus. If something's resonated with you this morning, will you stand in his presence? Because it's his presence that changes things. Can I I just pray and then you do that? 
Listen, I just said to you, if something resonated you with this, with, from this morning, will you stand in his presence? Just stand in his presence and honor him and bless him. Let's make some decisions this morning. Okay, I'll pray. But you and God are the ones that make the decisions. So as I pray, will you pray? Let God be God in your heart and in your life this morning. And then Bill's going to come and read and tie it up. Is that okay? Let's pray. Father, I thank you that each one of us can sit or stand before you, knowing you're a God that's at work to bring about your purposes and plans. And I pray, God, that if something's resonated in any one of our hearts, minds, in our thinking today, Father, that we will be obedient that will choose to do the right thing, that will love you, God, will be connected with you. It's so important that we're connected with you, God. Thank you that you sorted this out in the beginning, that you would make and create us and we would be formed in your image and we would function like you, connected. Father, help us to put before us, actually at the foot of the cross this morning, Lord, I pray that we will bring things that have been a block and lay them at the foot of your cross and say, God, forgive us. And Lord, we'll walk away holding our heads held high to keep on keeping on, trying to bring you glory through our individual lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.